Located in the Black Hills of South Dakota, Mount Rushmore is a monumental sculpture carved into the side of a mountain, depicting four of the most famous and influential presidents in the history of the United States of America. Jeremy. Neither one of us is better than the other. MC. Dude, you gotta let it go. Luigi. Here comes the butt. Give me the butt. So here's the thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Mount Rushmore podcast, the only podcast where pop culture is carved in stone. I am one of your hosts, MC, joined, as always, by three of the most intelligent and um, garrulous gentlemen that I have ever known. Uh, First, my co-host on the Second Chance Cinema podcast, Spro. Spro, how are you? I'm good. I like how you said intelligent and then garrulous, and I just kind of want to throw this over. Rudy, do you know what garrulous means? Oh, that's mean. That's rude. <laughs> you know I don't. I'm swinging. I'm coming swinging. <laughs> that's yeah. It's it, Rudy. It just it means uh, loquacious, verbose. <laughs> do any of these ring a bell? Yeah, I don't, sure. I, actually, I didn't really know what garrulous meant either. I, was, well, I just wanted to throw him under the bus, but I'll, before, I'll hitch a ride on the back. Before we get to Rudy, I'm going to introduce our next co-host because he knows exactly how I know what those words mean. He knows exactly what movie I retrieved that knowledge from. Published author, award-winning journalist, and film expert, Jeremy. Jeremy, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. And And, and what movie was that from? <laughs> I was hoping you didn't ask because I don't remember. Seriously? <laughs> As you oh. were saying that, I was like, oh, no, I hope he doesn't ask me. Of all the people, you don't remember that that's from Con Air? Uh, remember when, when John Cusack is like, he's known to be somewhat garrulous in the company of thieves. And then Cole Meany goes, what's with Dictionary Boy over here? <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I you absolutely God, this is this is. Should we re-record this opening? This is. I just feel like we should because I'm deeply, deeply ashamed. This is just. <laughs> this is just. This is just. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. That's how I feel. And last but not least, here he is, the heart of the show, um, and also the host of the Vintage Baseball Podcast, Rudy. Rudy, how are you doing? I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like the past episodes, I was a little aggressive and I was drinking beer. So I've cracked open a bottle of wine and I'm oh. hoping that sophisticates my uh, my points tonight. All right. Well, that'll be great. That'll, that'll, I'm sure that, that you'll be much more articulate with a, what is it? A cab? Uh, it is, it's a, yep. It's a white. All right. Did you have to sniff it to know that it was a white? Yeah, you know, I'm into the notes. All right, got it. And you don't call it a Blanco or a Gringo? <laughs> no? Oh, it's going to be that type of night, isn't all right, it? All, all right, right, all right, all right. So, welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. How this works, uh, we decided a long time ago that Mount Rushmore is in need of a makeover. And um, four new monuments, essentially, need to go up there. So, every episode, what we do is we pick a category. Some of the categories are broad, some are very specific, some are in between. And we each come to the show with four nominations for who we would put up on our new Mount Rushmore. And then we passionately debate and eliminate 
and eventually carve out a brand new Mount Rushmore, which we believe to be the, I'm losing my vocabulary here, the the ultimate, no, that's not right. Jeremy, what's a word for like the definitive, which we carve out to be the def, the definitive faces or icons in that category. And tonight's category is 90s sci-fi movies. So any movie that was released to the general public between January 1st, 1990 and December 31st, 1999 is fair game. And I have to tell you, my initial and and I think our processes usually mirror the same uh, the same technique. Where as soon as we announce the um, the category for the next episode at the end of one episode, everybody's brain I feel like fires to the one that they're going to put on their list, and then we have to work out schedules and stuff. So we have a good like probably at least a month in between shows where the lists just get turned upside down. And eventually we come with this, each of us comes with this hodgepodge of notes that we're going to try to make our cases for. Um, Spro, what went into your selection process for 90 sci-fi movies? Well, it's all, it's kind of over a spectrum. And so science fiction can mean a whole lot of things. So what I did was I broke it down to individual, um, individual genres within the genre. And so then I was looking at, you know, what was the best, uh, excuse the language, but best mind fuck, the best disaster flick. Um, what did these movies really bring to the genre that still resonate today? And then what still holds up? Like, what can you visit that, you know, the, the effects still look real and aren't 1990s CGI? Rudy, what about you? Same question. Um, my, I, it was like a, a two prong approach. It was, uh, I really focused on the pop culture aspect of my selections and, and how the films resonate in popular culture. And then the other one was, um, just staying power, I guess. Yeah. Uh, does it still stand up? Does it still hold up today? Jeremy, what about you? I had a similar system. This was really hard because the 90s was such a great decade for science fiction, more even than I realized. There was uh, like from really highbrow science fiction to really lowbrow. Like there was so many different great sci-fi movies that came out. But I tried to look at movies that were culturally relevant and uh, that have left an impact that people still talk about today. And you didn't have to be a sci-fi fan to get it or to enjoy it. Okay. And since none of you dickheads are going to ask what my criteria was, I'll just tell everyone. The one thing that, that I agree with everything you guys said, I think the one thing that, that you left out that I considered that I think is kind of a hallmark of like an impactful sci-fi movie is looking back now from 2020 to that decade of the 90s, how plausible did we think these movies were then and how far have we come to realizing Wow, that wasn't such a stretch. I think that I think that there are a couple movies on on my list that are um, that that sort of echo that sentiment. And on one hand, it's it's cool to think of watching those movies when we were younger and being like, "Oh, wow, this is my imagination is is just being flooded with all this awesome fiction and fantasy and you know science fiction." Um, but 
I think some of these movies, I know some of the ones I picked and I'm guessing some of the ones you guys picked probably could be traced a little closer to reality now. Possibly. Yes. That's all you're going to give me. I mean, well, I mean, it's science fiction, so I'm not trying to show my hand too soon, but some of them. Yeah. All right. I get it. I mean, at one point, walking on the moon was science fiction, you know? So true, true, true. Your choices was the net. Then, yes, definitely. (laughs) All right. Well, we can skip skip my first choice. The net. I mean, yeah. Ordering, at one time, ordering a pizza over the internet was science fiction. So, That's right. well, what was know, the disclosure where he, go, where like all the files are kept in this completely <laughs> impossible, ridiculous system where he has to put on goggles? That's right. Like, I was like, how, how does anybody do this every day? Like, I got to go in and get the files. I got to put on my gloves and my goggles. And, <laughs> I so ridiculous. And it's I like gotta, a cathedral. It's like a, uh, it's like a suit up and boot up kind of thing. Like he had, to, <laughs> he had to get in this whole suit. Just exactly. To, this whole suit just to go, like go play solitaire. It was, yeah. I, I remember that. It All right. So ridiculous. So the way we're going to do this is we have a random uh, list generator with all of our names on it. I'm going to push the button. That's going to give us the order uh, in which we're going to release our picks. And all we're going to do is say the names, and that's it, really. I have the dates or the years written next to mine, so if you want to add in the years. Um, But otherwise, we're going to keep it pretty simple, and then we're going to get into the debate. So here we go. I'm going to randomize this right now. Okay, the order is Rudy, myself, Spro, and Jeremy. So, Rudy, kick us off. All right. I will go in chronological order. Um, My first film is from 1994, and that film is Stargate. My second film is in 1997, and that film is... The Fifth Element. Lilu Dallas Multipass. My third film, also from 1997, was my last film to make my list. That film is Men in Black. And in 1999, rounding out the list, was actually the first film I thought of, The Matrix. Formidable list. Okay. I have to say that... um... No duplicates on my list, but when you were saying the years, I was like, oh, he's going to pick this one. He's going to pick this one. (laughs) All right. First on my list from 1991, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Second on my list, 1993, Jurassic Park. Third on my list, 1996, Independence Day. And last on my list from 1997, this is where I thought you were going to get me, Rudy. Starship Troopers. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say kill them all. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Spro, Spro, you're up next. All right. <clears throat> Couple duplicates from your list, MC. I got in 1993 Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park. Uh, in 1991 James Cameron's Terminator 2. And then in 1999, Rudy, I also have the Wachowski sisters' Matrix. I know kung fu. And my final one is 1998's Armageddon. 
Oh, interesting. Now, <laughs> before we get to Jeremy's, let's clarify that um, in order to be considered for the list, all of these movies have to be classified as sci-fi on IMDb. Okay, so before they even came to the table, we double-checked that all of these are, are sci-fi movies as dictated by IMDb. All right, Jeremy, close us out. All right, well, I have three out of four duplicates. So, okay, uh, all right. I thought about coloring outside the lines and coming up with movies. I had a couple of other honorable mentions that I thought about jumping in and, and including, even as we were going through this list just now. But I was like, i got to stick true to what my actual list was. Well, don't, don't fuck it up, because this is the list. You only get one shot. I know, I know. So, But i got to be honest, if this is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of sci-fi in the 90s, this is what it's got to go. All right. 1991, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. 1996, Roland Emmerich's Independence Day. Uh, 1999, The Matrix. And also from 1999, my one outlier here, Galaxy Quest. Next. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I will, I will defend that one violently. So. All right. Well, that's what we hope for. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> so Just warning you. All right. So we've got them all on the table, and it looks like this is probably the episode where we've got the most duplicates, I think, from list to list. Um, so as I'm digesting these lists, I see a lot of movies on here that uh, when I mentioned them to other people, as I was discussing tonight's episode, they would say things like, oh, I thought that was an action movie. Or, you know, I thought that was like a horror movie. And that brought up, I mean, that brings up good points. Like, are we are we beholden to, like, what is the sci-fi-iest of sci-fi movies? Or is it more, um, it has a sci-fi element, it's legit on IMDb, therefore it's, it's a sci-fi movie that deserves to go on Mount Rushmore? That's a good question. I considered that when I looked at Independence Day. Because I was like, that's... There are science elements of that movie, obviously, but it's, you know, a disaster movie, it's an adventure movie, it's an action movie, but it's a classic. It's still talked about every every 4th of July, they play that speech all over Facebook and everything. So it's, it's just, you know, it's, and because it has UFOs and aliens in it, it's science fiction. So I think it qualifies. The one that I, the one that I... And I considered this, but then I thought even to myself, this isn't SmiFi. SmiFi. Then I thought. <laughs> that's like, like a Duplass Brothers category. <laughs> SmiFi. <laughs> like a Twee Sci Fi yeah. kind of thing. Like, with like, like if Juno was Sci Fi, it'd be SmiFi. Playwrights in space who have writer's block and doodly titles and. <laughs> If I was a bee and you were the honey and, and then like moldy, aliens and phasers and all that bullshit. The moldy peaches do the soundtrack and it's all played on ukuleles. But there's like synth music too to make <laughs> yes. it sci-fi. But like Casio synth because it's got to be, you know, quirky and kitschy. Right. It's, yeah, it's yeah. all done. It's all done on a talk boy instead. Yeah. Rudy just wrote, what white people in the chat? <laughs> you, might well, you might as well have been speaking a foreign language there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the one that I was talking about that I, I, that I initially didn't consider sci-fi was Armageddon. And I guess the only reason for that is because, to me, the drama element and even the action element 
just overshadowed that. Now, Spro, that was your pick. Why did you add that to your list? <clears throat> well, to be honest, uh, it came down to when I went for a disaster film, a science fiction 90s disaster film, it was between Independence Day and Armageddon. And you can't, you can't knock the fact that when we were all sitting in the theaters and watching that Independence Day trailer for the first time and seeing the White House blow up, it was so mind-blowing that it almost felt like we were cheering on for something wrong, you know? But Armageddon, I think, uh, has more playtime nowadays. And as far as whether or not it's science fiction, I mean, a good hour and a half of the film takes place in space. A good hour before that takes place in at NASA, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't think you can, uh, you can write more science fiction and it it's got a lot of science and it's got a hell of a lot of fiction that's true that's true i mean and and let me not don't mistake my question for any lack of enthusiasm on anything michael bay does um i just i guess i hadn't considered it as as pure uh sci-fi now the one i got pushed back on was actually terminator 2 which has been across three of our lists because um, the people I mentioned it to said it was more of an action film and that it should be regarded as an action film. I obviously have my argument, um, <clears throat> which is the fact that, I mean, time travel, cyborgs, uh, you know, self-aware um, computer systems, all that is just pure sci-fi. Um, Jeremy, what did you think? Uh, what did you think qualified T2 for your list? All this, all those same elements. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a time travel story. It deals with artificial intelligence, uh, computers, uh, technology, mankind's. It's all those science fiction themes, you know, mankind's use and abuse of technology, how we are sort of architects of our own destruction. Those are all themes that play into sci-fi from, you know, uh, Harlan Ellison to uh, Robert Heinlein and Arthur C. Clarke, all the way to, you know, Planet of the Apes and, uh, on and on and on, you know, Stanley Kubrick, you know, it's all, it's all, all that Star Trek, you know, deals with all those themes. So I feel like Terminator 2 is very much grounded in the roots of what represents science fiction. And then, you know, because James Cameron directed it and wrote it, it's got a huge gloss of action and excitement and drama in it as well. But at the core, it's very science fiction. And I don't think we can overstate the, importance of the the special effects from that movie which do still hold up i would argue um and were just completely revolutionary at the time and really laid the foundation for a lot of the science fiction that we know today now spro it was also on your list why did you pick t2 i mean really for what you just said the only note i have next to terminator 2 is the the cgi element that james cameron introduced to film in general and how many how many special effects came out of Terminator 2 and the T1000 in that film and also the makeup you know when uh when Arnold Schwarzenegger gets the shit kicked out of him and suddenly you can see the I'm just going to call it steel because I forget the technical term for it but the this exo or the skeleton underneath him shining through his skull like even that was that was good stuff back in the day. So you mentioned CGI and I'm going to segue that into one of my picks, which is a movie that 
this is the one that I'll fight for. Um, Starship Troopers, because the combination of CGI and practical effects in Starship Troopers is just one of the hundreds of reasons that it appeals to me on not just a sci-fi level, but like a satire level, an action level, a thriller level. And, and just, it's just such a tightly wrapped movie that if you watch today, knowing it was released in 1997, I feel like you could show that movie to, you know, who, how old were we when in 97, like 16, 17 or something. You could show that to a person that age today and, they would have trouble telling the difference between what's puppetry, what's CGI. And I feel like a lot of the themes in that movie too, everything from like the fascism, the jingoism, just the glorification of war. Like, I feel like those are timeless themes that are told in that movie just through this incredible story of human versus arachnid. Also the social media element in that movie the whole would you like to know more would you like to know more and then you know like oh yeah that's like such a you know like so far ahead of its time that that they're just constantly getting downloaded this uh information about everything that's happening and the news is always skewed you know you know to to towards the you know against the bugs and you know talking about the if you you know what is it service guarantees citizenship and right if you're not if you're not serving you're not for you're not supporting the country you're not supporting the planet and, uh, and then, you know, the whole, would you like to know more that, that getting that daily feed of information. Um, and that was 1997, right. Way and, ahead of social media. And that, I mean, and those themes, the propaganda, like I said, the jingoism, the, just the glorification of this like aggressive military that in the movie, they, they talk about how humans have like encroached onto the arachnid zone and the arachnids are just fighting back because, you know, there's, there's, it, it was just like, you know, stay out of our yard and we'll leave you guys alone. And like those themes, I feel like in every, you know, every, every global conflict that you hear about in the news, I feel like just reflects at least one of those themes. And this movie did that in a way that was just supremely entertaining to me. Um, but we can get back to that later. Rudy, you picked, more outliers, I think, than any of us with Stargate, Fifth Element, which was also on my short list, and Men in Black. Talk to us about those. So um, I'm going to be honest. Um, <clears throat> Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, and Independence Day are my top three honorable mentions. Um, and uh, there's there's one movie on my list that I, I, I just love that, you know, I won't fight with but the other three i feel like are undeniable so let's just i mean let's just talk about the fifth element i mean 1997 you go back and you watch that movie now it's not it's not like a movie where you're just like oh this is cheesy the graphics are cheesy none of this technology still holds up because when and this speaks to everyone's definition i feel when they hear sci-fi when they hear sci-fi people think space Let's be, I mean, that's why like Terminator, I was like, yeah, it's, it's science fiction, but I think of it more as like an action movie. Like if you talk to somebody and be like, Terminator is actually a time travel movie, they're going to be, you know, they'll be a little shocked. So like fifth element, 
that's all in space, baby. And it still holds up. And it has a badass female protagonist that you, I mean, that you weren't really, it was new. Like, it was a whole new, uh, like, concept and the the importance of the, you know, saving the world being based on this the protection and survival of this female. Um, and it's quotable. Come on. Who hasn't yelled, Corbin? All night long. Corbin, my man. You're like, <laughs> right? Come on. So, like, I think pop culture-wise, that movie is, like, it made an impact it, when it came out as something new and exciting that that wasn't seen at the time. You should uh, you should go around calling yourself Rudy Rod with that hairstyle and that, you know, the, the cane and everything. And just yeah. saying, just saying, when you want people to go away. Yeah. Every everything you just said there is is right on. I mean, that movie visually absolutely stunning. Um quotable and imaginative. I I don't disagree with any of that. What about uh Stargate and Men in Black? So, Men in Black. This is the one where let me just tell you guys, all right? We straight don't exist. No names, no fingerprints. Saw something strange, watch it back. Because you never quite know where the MIB's at. I mean, that movie not only took an existing genre of aliens and, and twisted it and made it something original. Like, yes, they do exist and we cover it up. They made it new. They also gave us a pop classic. Come on, y'all. Men in Black was number one on the Billboard charts. And if that doesn't uh, alone qualify it for Mount Rushmore, I don't know what is. Because it's a movie that ex- it, it far reaches across all platforms. So you got a, a, a hot single attached to the movie, which is an original idea with great CGI and puppetry. I mean, how many Vincent D'Onofrio memes from that movie do we see today? Uh, is that letter? Like... Uh- I, I would I would argue quotes more than memes. Are there a lot of Vincent D'Onofrio memes? Oh is my he, god, is he a memeable guy? Yeah, well, because there's the whole like me voting in 2016, and it's like Vincent D'Onofrio, like young. It's like a oh, headshot, yeah. <laughs> and then me voting in 2021 or 2020, and it's like this is a skin suit. I mean, that movie, it, and it was released like. At the same, like it was one of those like summer releases. Like I think it was released around Spro's birthday in 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 ninety seven, and like it's it it stands the test of time, and it spawned four uh, three other sequels. So I mean, yeah, I wasn't gonna get into the sequels thing because I I have no leg to stand on with Starship Troopers when I talk about sequels devaluing the original, and I feel the same way about Men in Black. So I wasn't gonna get into that, but. You brought it up. Independence Day 2 is a bust. Um, The rest of the Matrixes. Matrixes are terrible. The rest of the Terminators are pretty sad. Terminator 3 was okay, but I mean, even the uh, even the 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 rest of Jurassic Parks aren't certainly up to the original. So maybe I I guess that's a pretty common theme going going through here. I'm looking at the list. It's like all these groundbreaking movies just have kind of shitty luck with the sequels. Go ahead, Rudy. Know, that's why. I I, what, go I, ahead, Rudy. I don't know what the hell y'all are talking about. Men in Black Two made you cry because you were like, "Oh my gosh!" Like 
he doesn't remember who he is. And then like, okay, I'll give you a minute black three. That was a tough watch, but you got a nice Josh Brolin imitating. Um, yeah, I like men in black um, three actually. I yeah, like that was, one better and, than two. Yeah. It, and I mean, I, and I'm going to be full disclosure. I haven't seen uh men in black international yet, mm-hmm. but. God, I forgot. I forgot that with the rest of the world. Yeah, I forgot that's what it was even called. I was like, wasn't there a fourth one with Thor? And I couldn't even remember. Men in Black Worldwide or something. (laughs) Something. It was terrible. I didn't see it, but looked. I mean, I heard it was terrible. Spro, you were going to weigh in. Sci-fi sequels are to pull them off is a huge feat. That's why you know, Aliens stands out. Blade Runner twenty forty nine stands out. Like. Those movies stand out because they are they're able to pull off a competent sequel mm-hmm. for a sci-fi genre where usually it's just, you know, people try to get bigger and better and funnier or whatever, crazier. And it just that's not what what it should be. So rather than sequels, Rudy, for your last pick, I think we got a spinoff TV series with MacGyver, right? For Stargate. Stargate was like a whole franchise on TV. Wasn't there a, wasn't there a TV show with Richard Dean Anderson? Or am I making that up? Or is that in my fantasy? No, there absolutely oh, was. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely. Totally. So there was like four TV series uh, for Stargate. There was like Stargate Atlantis. and mm-hmm. there was, yeah. I don't know. There was a ton of them. And I think there was, like, yeah. was going to be more. Jason Momoa uh, was in one of the Stargates. So like it certainly launched some careers. No, Jason Momoa was also in Justice League, and that was a piece of shit. So, uh, bite your tongue. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so why Stargate? I, I I I I scrolled through and I saw Stargate, and I've only seen that once, and it I don't I, I don't remember disliking it, but it didn't make enough of an impression for me to to consider it. Why did you put it on your list? I think it like. I don't know. It it really resonated with me as something new, something different at like in, in 19, well, it came out in 94, which I will argue is one of the more spectacular years for movies just in it being released. But when I saw it, it was completely new to me. I had never like seen anything like it before. And I was and the concept of like interstellar, like, time travel like you're not it it places you uh, in another dimension where you're not sure what's going on and you know the puppetry and that is really cool and it's a cool concept and i i like the idea of like i don't know i think it was like i like the idea in the end like the military and the science come together to solve the problem i don't it, it was something that it's one of the movies that i made my list out of like purely like nostalgia and like an emotional connection to. All right. Well, Hey, that's, those are both just as valid as anything else. Two movies that none of us mentioned that I was sure somebody, at least one was going to put, at least one of these movies was going to show up on at least one list. Demolition man and total recall. What the fuck did I do wrong? (laughs) Demolition man is on my short list. I think it was on mine too. So was Total Recall. Jeremy, I have to say, I am I am shocked that you did not pick Total Recall. I am too, and it was it was on my short list too. And so was Demolition Man. Demolition Man was definitely there. Um, I just at the end, you know, I was like, okay, I can't have two Arnold movies. I had to look at like long lasting cultural impact, and T two I think was a game changer for movies in terms of special effects. So that was really the only reason. 
But I just, as, I, as you know, because I was texting you while watching it recently, I rewatched Demolition Man. And uh, A, that movie holds up really well. And B, it's frightening how accurate it is in some ways in the culture that we're living in now. Uh, in the sense of like, you know, you have to be, everything has to be nice and, every, and you have to be very careful about what you say and how you say it. And uh, it, it's, it, you know, obviously it's taken to a, a crazy extreme, but uh, I feel like that movie definitely was ahead of its time. That's a that's a really good point, actually. I didn't even think of that. Like um, the political correctness is their it's their way of life, and not just their way of life; it's the law. So yeah. you know that's that's a good point. That was a that was kind of a forward thinking, even though it was driven by the sinister mayor or whatever he was. Um, right. I agree that 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 was a forward thinking one. On the chat here, I'm seeing a movie that I thought somebody was going to mention too: Mars Attacks. And that that crossed my mind, um, and and ultimately I didn't pick it because it just because yes it had aliens, so technically sci-fi, but for me it was just more um, I, I don't know it was it was it was more, I guess it was more on the ridiculous side of sci-fi obviously, and for me when I hear sci-fi that's just not the vibe I get inherently. Um, why yeah. did you guys have Mars attacks on your short lists, bro? Uh, just because of the, I think it was the nostalgia factor. I mean, you can't get, I don't think you could get a better cast in a sci-fi movie than you did with Mars attacks. And it's also one of those, I don't know. I, it's like one of those like Valentine flicks where it just seems like they went, Hey guys, we're going to do a science fiction movie. And all the celebrities were like, yeah, what's my part. And one of them's walking around with his head on a chihuahua. Like it's just, it was probably, I would say, the most fun sci-fi movie of the 90s. Um, but in the end, that's another reason why I didn't put it on, because that's about as far as it goes. Was that, the one, where, uh, was that the one where Jack Nicholson played three different roles? Yeah. Yeah, he was the president, I remember. He was the president. That's a great line, though. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, we have two out of three branches of the American government still working, and that ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a great line. But it reminded me of one of those movies, like, from the 60s, like, uh, It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World or whatever, where, like, everybody would just show up, and and there was, like, no real script. It was like, let's just put all these celebrities together, and then let's just see what happens. Oh, like Ocean's 12? Oh, yes, exactly. Sorry. Mm. All right. Well, exactly. Let's, let's get back to what we do have on our list. Jeremy, the one I think we haven't talked about at length, Galaxy Quest. Tell us about why, because that's in the same vein as the Mars Attacks. That's a comedy. Um, tell us why that that deserves to go on the mountain. Well, I think it's a, Galaxy Quest is a movie that has a you know has aged so well. B, it really was the first movie to turn the tables, and like you know, for so long it was like science fiction fans and. Fandom in general, they're all nerds who live in their mother's basement or whatever. And that was the first movie to kind of turn the tables on that and say, no, the fans are just as much a part of the experience as, as anything. And, you know, the fans are the ones who, who love this, who love this property enough to keep it going. And, um, and, and it got to the core of like, to me, it's more Star Trek than any, than anything that's come out of Star Trek in the last 15 years, really. Um, because it gets the, the core values of what makes Star Trek so good, you know, about camaraderie and exploration and teamwork and optimism and friendship and sacrifice and all these great elements. Uh, 
you know, that, that, that made Star Trek so good that you don't get anymore now in, in the current run of Star Trek. And so, yeah, I just think it's just one of those, one of those movies that uh, it works on multiple levels. If you're a Star Trek fan, there's so many in jokes and references and things you can enjoy. But if you're a fan of just great storytelling, you know, it's a great, Tim Allen does a great job as kind of the uh, actor who's living. He's kind of stuck in his best role, the best role that he ever had, and he can't really get out of it. Um, and, you know, it's just, there's, there's so much great stuff in there. So I have to ask, Jeremy, if you if you love the the Star Trek uh, references so much, why didn't you just pick Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which came out in 1991? It's a very good question. Um, and I think that really for me, uh, if I were, because if I were to pick a Star Trek movie, um, I, I would say that that wouldn't have been the one that I, w- I would would have picked because I would say Star Trek Four or Star Trek Two, which came out in the eighties. So uh, I would have been doing it just to pick a Star Trek movie. And as much as I love Undiscovered Country, and I think it's the series finale that Star Trek never got, uh, and the and probably the, one of the best finales you could ever ask for any TV series or a TV cast. Um, I felt like if I were picking it for the Mount Rushmore, it would just be so that I could put a Star Trek movie on there. Now, is that the one where William Shatner does the fight and goes, ah, 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 that one? That's every movie. <laughs> oh, all right, right. Yeah, okay, my bad. In Star Trek Three is where he goes, I have had enough of you before he knocks uh, Christopher Lloyd off the cliff. So um, that's that's uh, that's Star Trek Three. Star Trek all right. Four. Well, so the last movie that we haven't talked about, and this is this was on all three of your lists, not on mine. And we've talked about this before, um, The Matrix. And I'm not going to downplay the pop culture significance of The Matrix. But to me, I just didn't get it. And I want to hear why you guys did. Wait, a um, so you, well, didn't, you didn't get The Matrix? No, I understand. No, 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 no. no. Hey, hey, don't. Don't condescend to me, Rudy. I I understand the I understand the plot of the Matrix. I think the plot of the Matrix and the concept of the Matrix and the machines and all that is certainly a cool idea. I just what I didn't get was the hype around it. And and again, I've I've talked about this on Second Chance Cinema and probably on here before. Like I am a terrible victim of the hype machine. I saw that movie after it was out for a little while and heard how life-changing it was going to be to watch that movie. And for me, it just wasn't. And I think that probably had a lot to do with how I don't look at it as fondly now. But clearly you guys do. So let's hear it. Well, I got I got two parts to the argument. One, uh, the, the, the small argument is just... I think it's the best mindfuck sci-fi movie in the 90s. My runner up to that was 12 Monkeys. And then the more long-winded response is uh, in my UCLA class, we just studied The Matrix because of how flawless it is. Every scene, every inch of that movie still, one, holds up, and two, has purpose for something going on elsewhere. Joe Pantoliano plays a bit character, but every time he is on screen, he is giving you a little bit more of a story that you don't catch until like the second or third viewing. There's so many intricate plot lines that are weaving in and out and everything is kind of laid out for you in a way that you might not get it the first time. But when you go back for the second and third viewing, everything falls into place. The problem is that it didn't need any sequels and they they felt like it. they just 
they milked the golden cow with it and put pumped outs two and three super quick and didn't really think about what they were doing. It's funny that you mentioned that every character and every scene serves a purpose because that's how I feel about a movie that initially I wanted to put on this list and I was super excited to have it be my ringer. Then I looked it up on IMDb and it's not listed as sci-fi and that is Tremors. (laughs) Because again, that movie, like, like you'll, you'll read blogs and you'll read reviews of it where, I mean, it's not a smart movie. It's not, it's not anything too beyond, you know, like, big scary worms chasing people through the desert. But again, Spro, like you said, every scene seems to serve a purpose. And that's, that's just why I thought it was so brilliant, but it was listed, I think as horror and comedy. So sucks to be me. Um, Rudy, why, why was the matrix on your list? I mean, it was, um, I believe the term revolutionary has been used. I, it was the, I mean, the bullet time effect, the the look talk about a movie um like immediately making an impact in popular culture you cannot uh leave out the matrix when having that discussion just i mean the 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 look the sunglasses i remember like people were trying to get those sunglasses that they were all wearing the <laughs> there was a guy in college that we know <laughs> that used to that had a pair of those Morpheus glasses with no like ear rims or ear holds, and <laughs> like there the, the the kung fu effects. It was it was it was completely new. It took everybody by storm. They were like, "What is going on?" I didn't even see that movie till a year after it had came out because like it wasn't on in 1999. I was like, I don't even know what's going on, but it, I mean, when I did see it, I was like, Whoa, I missed something. I can't, I'm late to the party here, but it, I mean, it's, it's like Spro said, it's a perfect sci-fi film. So can we, can we, can we, can we squash a rumor here? The matrix didn't invent bullet time. Okay. Bullet time to my knowledge, the first time that anything resembling bullet time and the slowing down of motion around a projectile that happened in blade one year earlier. And it wasn't as, it wasn't as slick. It wasn't as polished, but it was, it was definitely, definitely there and overlooked. Somebody just, somebody just was, was just dying to get in on me there. So whoever that was, go ahead. 100% 100% it didn't invent bullet time it kind of took it to the next level because instead of one bullet multiple bullets and the slow motion everybody's done the matrix lean back like dodging bullets thing everyone's done that are you doing it right now or you know how do you stay out of my life you know i just did it. <laughs> I, I mean will say they probably perf- they probably perfected the bullet time because what you know if you Looking at the behind the scenes, they set up with the camera in that almost twister like motion and then had Keanu Reeves fall back multiple times. So they they took what Blade did with a single camera shot and then, you know, sped up the film to show Steven Dorf uh, dancing. <laughs> and then they made they they just yeah, like I said, they they perfected it. So Max Payne then can later do it. Hey, guys, shout out to Steven Dorf if, if you're listening. Um and you might be. I don't know. I mean, look, Matrix is one that I was I was not kidding myself was going to come up on at least two of your lists. So I'm not surprised. 
and I would, I, I'm, I was prepared to sort of like, you know, take my medicine when it came to ending, having that one end up where it's probably going to end up. Um, just not my favorite sci-fi movie. So, so now we're at the point in the show where I believe we've discussed everything except actually we didn't really get into Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, no. Jurassic Park was one that, again, I wasn't sure initially where to classify it. Looked it up on IMDb, saw that it was listed as adventure, which I thought it was, and also sci-fi. And then as I started kind of dissecting the sci-fi elements, it came, it became very clear that this is one of those movies that like without the, the actual plot point of cloning dinosaurs is allegorical kind of for what's happening right now with COVID. I mean, it's, 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 it's the, the, the plot of the movie is reopening or opening something that's not ready, something that's not tested, not, not, uh, not safe anyways. And that whole mo that whole, um, you know, that whole, that whole theme has definitely been, been done in other sci-fi movies, but I feel like that one really just sort of takes the whole, God complex of John Hammond and, um, you know, the reality based, uh, arguments of Malcolm and, and really creates this like philosophical debate. That's, that's wrapped up in a sci-fi movie. And it's full of so much, just like so much symbolism, everything from like Hammond is dressed in white. Malcolm is dressed in black. Even the thing where like he, he can't buckle his seatbelt on the plane. So he puts the two female ends of the seatbelt together. And then it's like, Oh, the female dinosaurs can breed like all those little things. Like you were talking about the matrix being a perfect movie. I felt like added to this movie as a whole. And then the sci-fi element was just so entrenched and so brilliant. Um, that it's just like, like for me, I, I, I thought this would be a home run. And you know, and some people ha- considered dr alan grant like an action hero like a very important <laughs> action hero. hey rudy go fuck yourself <laughs> oh, no. uh unfortunately el mariachi was not a sci-fi hero or we would be talking about him right now but instead we're talking about jurassic park now spro you were the only other one uh who had it on your list tell me tell me more about why Oh my god. Well, I'm looking at all of our lists, this has to be the smartest movie that we have on here. This is the late great Michael Crichton. Like he is ahead of his time on everything. We already brought him up. He wrote the book on disclosure, um, which we brought up with its weird visual effects, but that movie was about um sexual harassment in the workplace and nobody believing it when Michael Douglas as a man uh approaches it with his female boss. We're not even there yet in in society. We're not. One of his later books was about um, developing. I was going to say micro machines, but you know, <laughs> very small, <laughs> very small uh, nanotechnology that will go into our veins to help with you know stints of the heart and and clearing blockages of cholesterol. Like, w- sounds very possible that we're going to get there sometime in history. And Jurassic Park, I mean, what it was about 20 years later that the Japanese right now are trying to bring back the woolly mammoth with similar science behind it. 
this movie holds up better than actual Michael Crichton's book. Michael Crichton's book right now is a tough read. One reason why is behind every dialogue that he writes, he puts he said, she said. So every time that Dr. Alan Grant's Dr. Alan Grant said this, it's a tough read now. But the movie Steven Spielberg's adaptation of the of the book, the great book that it is, it's even better. It's one of those movies that is better than the book. So I feel like I feel like there there are two movies on here on on just this grand list that we've all come up with that have equal parts science and equal parts fiction. And I think those are Jurassic Park and Terminator 2. Jurassic Park, we kind of talked about with, you know, cloning and stem cells and all the biological stuff that Jurassic Park gets into. And then T2 with artificial intelligence and, um, you know, uh, robots and things like that. Um, I think that both of those make a strong case for just sort of like defining the psi and the phi of sci-fi. Well, and I also put on, so Jurassic Park is some of the best practical effects that you can get. And so when I put Terminator 2 as like an intro to CGI, this is the the greatest work I think Spielberg has done with practical effects. Jaws included. Okay. What about Jaws 3D? (laughs) That wasn't Spielberg. This time it's personal. (laughs) All right. Well, we're at the part now where this is where our friendships are tested. We're going to randomize again. And what happens in round one is whoever goes first has to cut one from their own list. Okay. Now, I didn't consider it before, but I guess there could be a little bit of strategy here considering we all have, uh, or or rather there are a few duplicates here. Um, You know, you could sacrifice one of yours that's on someone else's list in hopes that it'll stay there. And then you've sort of pull the fast one. Um, but we're going to see how it goes. So I'm going to randomize this list and the first person to have to cut one of their selections from their own list is. Spro. Here's, here's here's the order. Spro, me, Jeremy, then Rudy. Well, you're right. Like I could I don't have to draw blood, but an old family motto is that if you could tell that the end of the fight is going to go below the belt, then make it your first punch. And there's not one, there's only one movie on everybody's list that did not make my short list. And that's Galaxy Quest. Yeah, but you have to cut from your own list in round one. Oh, he's coming for you, Jeremy. I know, I know. Jeremy, don't you? Wow, wow! You just you just showed your cards, man. (laughs) Wait, wait! I want to know more about. Was that like a like a Spro family crest? Like, do you have that tattooed somewhere, or like on a shield above your fireplace? Yeah, well, just at my waistband, so people know. (laughs) All Um, right. Well, so we know which one you're going to cut from from Jeremy's list, unless he gets to it first. Um, but round one is your own list. <laughs> I feel, you know what? I'm just going to cut Armageddon. Oh, wow. Okay. Any reason? Yeah. It's the one that I can't make the best argument for. Okay. That's fair. Jurassic Park, Terminary 2, The Matrix. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. could argue all those. Armageddon was kind of my, 
Ah, because it's still on TV movie. All right. Um, all right. So I'm next to cut from my own list and I'm going to take out Independence Day. Um, I think Independence Day as a sci-fi movie and as a disaster movie is fantastic. But compared to a lot of these other movies, it's it's almost a sum of all of its parts. And what I mean by that is that it's it's quotes and it's set pieces and it's action, but I don't know that there's a whole lot more beyond that. Whereas movies like Jurassic Park, Terminator 2, um, and even The Matrix have these greater themes that are just just more than the movies themselves. Despite Bill Pullman's wonderful speech, which, you know, gets me riled up every time for sure, um, I think I'm going to have to cut Independence Day from my list. So next, Jeremy. <laughs> Let's see if you're going to kneecap yourself here. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I'm going right down to the bone with Galaxy Quest. So I'm going to say this is tough. But I'm going to say first up is T2. Wow. Why? Because uh, all the things we talked about with the Matrix, you know, are really, you know, they really ring true. Um Independence Day, I just think, is one of those great all-time great blockbusters, and I have such such fond memories of it. Not only watching it, I mean, I was older than you guys when it came out, but seeing it in theaters, and then obviously enjoying it with my own kids uh, over the years. I, I can't quite bring myself to do that. Um, so, and Terminator Two, as we've talked about, it's science fiction, yes, but you could also say it's it's adventure, it's action, it's all these other things. So they could survive in other categories. Uh, so for all those reasons, and because never give up, never surrender, as they say in Galaxy Quest, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going to. Wow! Bid farewell to the T1000. This is like you, you, you're backed up against the wall. You know, Spro's like breaking down the door, coming and swinging, but you're still going for it. And I think that's awesome. And if you got well, let me ask this: Has anyone else on this uh, podcast seen Galaxy Quest? I have. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, all right. Just making sure. All right. Uh, if, say if you have, then uh, I'm shocked that any of you want to cut it at all. Quite frankly. All right, Rudy, you're uh, you're the last last cut from round one from your own list. What are you going to take off? All right. So um, this is the one that I had figured that I would have to cut first. Um, it's still a great film. I encourage our listener out there to, if you haven't seen it, to watch it. It's a, uh, I'm going to cut Stargate. All right. Stargate, our one listener. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, if you have seen it, you can probably turn off the podcast now because we're not talking about it anymore. Bye Stargate. Bye James Spader. Bye Anubis and Kurt Russell. And the guy for the crying game. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary Swank. Or wait, <laughs> that's boys don't cry. Oh, oh, my bad. Wait, yeah. what, wait, what was the crying game? It's the movie. one. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, it was <laughs> the movie with uh, Forrest Whitaker, and then he falls in love with a woman who turns out to be a man who was like the lover of. Like I think they were both in prison together. Uh, this this is not a movie I've seen. 
Oh, no? yeah. well, I just ruined the twist for you and everyone else. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It, it yeah. was the very first scene I ever saw in that movie. I was just channel surfing. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? That's that's a naked lady. That's not a lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, okay, next round. So to recap, in that round, uh, I lost Independence Day. Rudy lost Stargate. Jeremy lost Terminator 2. Spro lost Armageddon. Now the next round... We're going to go through and we each have to cut one from someone else's list. Can be anyone else's list. Um, so let me randomize here. And then just to review the lists of everyone left, Spro, you still have Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, and The Matrix. Jeremy, you have Independence Day, The Matrix, and Galaxy Quest. Rudy, you have Fifth Element, Men in Black, and The Matrix. And I have T2, Starship Troopers, and Jurassic Park. And the new order that we have. Is Rudy, Spro, myself, Jeremy. So Rudy, kick us off. All right. So um, I, I feel like I, uh, I'm... I'm in the crosshairs on this one, but so while yes, I saw this movie in the theater and none of those themes that we discussed about landed on young Rudy at that time. Um, I don't view this movie as a pop culture classic. I view it as a cult classic that is only, you know, if you were to take uh, one of the movies that we have on our list and and compare it to this movie, most people won't wouldn't have seen it. So you're, I'm gonna you're, you're such an asshole, Rudy. You're such an asshole. I'm gonna cut Starship Troopers. God damn it! Oh wow, that really bums me out. Only that because bums me out. That's that's Starship Troopers. Jeremy, you and I, we go way back with Starship Troopers. Um, there's of course the scene where they've just defeated the bugs and Michael Ironside uh, throws a party on the base. And he says, I, ex- uh, what is it? I expect the best and I give the best. And he throws out one canister with kegs full of beer. And then another one with like Nerf footballs and uh, a translucent neon green violin for Jake Busey. And I can't here's tell you. Here's the entertainment. Here's the entertainment. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Lieutenant, for the Nerf footballs and the violin. Oh. Like, I can't tell you how many times um, that came up as a meme. Just just the idea of that specific musical instrument being transported to well, pla- to planet Klendathu at the request of, of, uh, Je- of uh, Lieutenant Radchak. Because that, yeah, that's the, it's personalized. It wasn't like, can I just get the party pack for the troops? Like their footballs and maybe some Frisbees and uh, some DVDs. <laughs> he specifically said, I've got a guy who plays violin. So can you hook him up? Do you have any green space violins? <laughs> oh, you do. Excellent. Excellent. We used to, we used to imagine him on hold with the violin, <laughs> yeah. the violin store. Like, uh, yes. Hello. This is red check. Uh, yeah. From uh red checks, roughnecks trying to get a translucent green space violin. Wondering if you have anything in stock. Uh, and then, you know, you hear some chatter and then he puts his mouth, he puts his hand over the receiver. Is a viola the same thing? <laughs> no, no, no. That's not going to work. We no, need a I'm violin. Do, no. it's and gotta then be a violin. Yeah, I'll hold. And then there's intergalactic hold music. 
And then then the person comes back on the line and he goes, "Oh, you do, you do have one." And then, I mean, look the fact the fact that we just had that conversation takes the sting off of Starship Troopers a little bit more. So I, I'm glad that happened. Um, and I'd right. like to point out that Starship Troopers was based on a novel by one of the greatest science fiction authors of all time, Robert Heinlein, and inspired Aliens. James Cameron based a lot of the elements like the drop ships and all that other stuff on Starship Troopers. So it actually influenced two movies. And, so. and Rudy just cut it. Yeah, so I, I think that's yeah. messed up. Yeah, because uh, you guys are the only two that can have that conversation because <laughs> it's all classic. <laughs> Well, it's not it's not our fault. We're the uh, the garrulous ones of the bunch, Rudy. So I still don't know what it means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, Spro, you're up next. Go ahead and cut something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to change my pick because I I did it. The reason why I picked what I did in the first round initially with Armageddon was because I thought it was a losing battle. But if I am able to completely wipe Independence Day off the board, I'm going to do that. So I'm taking out Jeremy's Independence Day. All right. Oh, wow. Gut punch. Gut punch. All right. I mean, that's so that's that's the first one that's been duplicated. That's now completely extinct from the board. All right. Well, this is nothing personal. I swear. I was, I was, I was going to come for this one anyway. I was going to come for this one anyway. Um, I can't get behind men in black. And the reason is it's, it's the same. And, and, and I don't remember how many times we've had this conversation on how many podcasts, but that movie was, that movie was based around Will Smith. Will Smith is a fantastic actor, but that was another movie where Will Smith was being the Fresh Prince fighting aliens, just this time in a suit. And the rap that you sang to introduce the um, to introduce your pick was offensive. Just, ooh, ooh. just, 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 just terrible. <laughs> just terrible. So, so Men in Black. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the little memory flashlight thing, and I'm gonna hold it up so that all the listeners can forget that such a crappy pick was ever made. Men in Black is gone. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> first, um, let me just say, brace yourselves, just because you saw 8 Mile one time <laughs> doesn't mean you get to comment on Lyricist, okay? And I believe that this film, I mean, the the if, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is where pop culture is etched in stone, right? And... Uh, Tell, tell me, tell me what number one hit came from any of these other movies that we have here, Rudy. Tell me what song Men in Black sampled. Uh, Forget Me Nuts. Well, I'd like to point out that Armageddon gave us a number one hit. Oh, that's oh, right. It's not, on the list. it's not on the list anymore, Jeremy. It's not on the list anymore. But, but you just mentioned, you know, what other number one hit yeah. came from the movies you were talking about. Yeah, you know what? If it, you know, and and, and Terminator I, Two had a number one hit too. You could be mine, Guns and Roses. A pop culture, a pop. Was it on Billboard's Hot 100? You could be mine, like Guns and Roses. That, uh, that song was huge. I mean, Rudy, Rudy, I, anyway. would, I wouldn't exactly call a top 100 song an indicator of greatness. I mean, uh, Vanilla did, Ice did you, had a top 100 song for a while. Pop uh, culture. What? 
popular pop culture. And I get it. Hey, I get it. You 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 have a thing. It concerns it can I feel like secretly you are a huge Will Smith fan. Oh. You're just afraid to admit it. And it's like not, no, no, no. It it's not a secret. I've never been secretive. I think Will Smith is fantastic. I love Will Smith in uh Pursuit of Happiness. Concussion was a phenomenal movie. Um, and, and here comes the butt. Give me the butt. Uh, th- that's going to be your poll quote for the intro of the show. Just, <laughs> just FYI. There it is right there. But there are a lot of movies where like, and, and he's not bad at this. It's just, it's just, it seems repetitive. It's just him, uh, him uh, being the fresh prince doing something. And oh, I mean, I as, just, look, I love bad boys. I love independence day. I, I, I it's, I enjoyed gotta, I enjoyed Men in Black when I saw it. Gotta, but it is not Mount Rushmore material, dude. I'm sorry. Just, oh my gosh, Wilson! This movie, I you know what? I'll let it go. I'm I'm I, I I honor and respect the process. It's just like that movie is it 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 across all like mediums, music, fashion, like uh and 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 film itself. Are you saying right are up. you saying Men in Black invented suits? Is that what you're saying? No. Men in Black, the Men in Black Ray Bands. How many people were wearing those Ray Bands? Tom Cruise wore Ray Bands in 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 Top Gun. In fact, Tom Cruise almost single handedly rejuvenated the Ray Band company by wearing aviators, uh, aviators which are worn by white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We've taken a turn here. Shit just got real. A minute ago, we were talking about space violins, and now there's... Guys, guys, I just, I just want to say that I don't think the wine helped. <laughs> That's right, Rudy. How far are how far are you down in the in the in the bottle? Uh, it was a big glass. Let's just say the bottle's gone. Because <laughs> right. white wine. I mean, yeah. I, wow. I mean, look. I, I I think I figured this out, Rudy. Did you? Did you, you, let's see, Men in Black was what, 97? So yes. about 16, 15, 16. Did you get your first kiss during Men in Black or something? <laughs> no. You see, why is it always got to go there? Okay. I mean, you know what? You seem to have, you seem to have just a, 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 a passionate attachment to this movie that I just can't figure out. Well, because I mean, if we're talking popular culture, I mean, this movie across the, the all genres of, of music and fashion and cinema is right up there. Well, not anymore. I want to point out that that Jurassic Park was a Billboard hit. The soundtrack was. Oh, yeah, it was a top one hundred, pop one hundred, popular. Yeah. you know. Well, maybe not pop. Oh, U.S. Well, Billboard two hundred. Its peak position pop. was twenty eight. Men in Black was number one. <laughs> wow. Dude, you gotta let it go. You gotta. I mean, you gotta. You just get. You gotta Titanic this shit and just let it fall down. I just. I want to apologize to our listener. They've let you down tonight. <laughs> you just. You just gotta push it off the board and let it fall into the ocean, man. You guys are coming at me because of the points thing. I already know it. Whatever. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. Um, let's not forget our leaderboard. Uh, Spro and Jeremy both have six points total for this this season of the podcast. I have five, and Rudy's at a paltry four. <clears throat> so, but that said, it seems like there's a good chance that uh, 
if you if you do have one on your list that is a duplicate and it goes onto the Mount Rushmore, you still get a point for it. So, <sighs> yeah. All right. Was that? Uh, I forget where we left off. Who's left in round two, or was that it? I think that was it. That, that was, was it. it. All right. No, I don't think. No, I haven't cut one yet from someone. Oh well, we're gonna skip you. No, oh, I'm, just I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jeremy, go ahead and make a cut. And and might I suggest one from Rudy's list? <laughs> I know it. I knew it. <laughs> hmm. It's tough now because now we're really down to it. Like there's really not any obvious choices to cut. So here he hmm. comes. <laughs> here comes the boom. Yeah. We could just get rid of a matrix and that was to me. It's between the Matrix and, but I don't know. all right, I don't know. Because the thing about the Matrix is, it's it's so impactful. Well, it looks like regardless of what we do here, the Matrix is going to make it. And I don't think anyone was under any false pretenses that that would not be the case. Yeah, then you know, I'm just going to kind of this. This will be a gimme, and I'll just uh, who who has the who else has the Matrix? Rudy and Spro, you both still have it. Yep. Yes. Okay, so just we'll just, I'll cut the matrix from from Rudy's list. Uh, <laughs> you could have cut it from Spro's. <laughs> that would cut stars from troopers. That, that was, was for, why that would was for, why wouldn't you cut the fifth element from his list? Oh, I just want y'all to know I'm it's making like galaxy quest. This going. This is chest the shitting checkers, Jeremy. <laughs> All right, well, All right, well, now we're at the final round where we get to nominate one from our list to go onto the mountain. Right now, we've got Spro with Terminator 2, Jurassic Park, and The Matrix. Jeremy with The Matrix and Galaxy Quest. Rudy with The Fifth Element. <laughs> oh, God, this is, this is rigged. And myself with Terminator 2 and Jurassic Park. So here we go. Start with me, then go to Jeremy, Rudy, and Spro. So I'm going to go ahead and the movie that I think is the most tightly wrapped sci-fi film on probably on any of these lists is Jurassic Park. So that's going to make my mountain. Jurassic Park is the first selection of 90 sci-fi Mount Rushmore. Jeremy, you're up next. Okay, well... See, wait, so now there's an interesting dynamic here because because you cut the Matrix from Rudy, if you don't pick the Matrix, it's up to Spro to pick the Matrix, in which case we might not have the Matrix, which all of you guys were 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 jonesing over in the beginning. Do you see what happened? Do you see how this gets, do you see how this gets personal and 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 we we taint this this wonderful podcast with our octopus ink? Do you see how this happened? Because it's we're so not hard. this is all audio. This is all audio, right? So it's not like Pinochle where I can't just start giving Jeremy signals of like which way I'm gonna vote, right? I Even mean though if you can figure out how. I mean, I'm the only one with Terminator 2 on my list now. So that's I'm true. Just gonna throw that out there. That I I want to I want to do that. <laughs> that was very sly. Bro, you're you're. I'm not saying. See what had happened was. You are essentially. No, he, but he already went. 
You and are, she already picked Jurassic Park, so Terminator Two is now my sole one. You are the you are the the Danny Ocean of this game, bro. I think. <clears throat> Jeremy, you're up. I'm gonna I'm gonna change things up a little bit. I'm gonna put Galaxy Quest on the map. Wow! Wow! Oh wow. <laughs> I am t- like I said, the crew of the NSC Protector. Never, never give up. Never wow. surrender. So. <laughs> So let's so okay so the uh, so the next one up is Rudy and Rudy you only have one left on your list no so, shit so I mean I, I don't know who we would discuss the rules with but I guess that's the one you're left with unless anyone cares to propose something else um, an alternative arrangement perhaps no uh, no um no I'm putting the fifth element on it it's on the list. Tell us why. Tell because us why. Tell us why. Tell us why either Terminator Two or The Matrix will not make the Mount Rushmore because of the Fifth Element. Because y'all want to pick on the Mexican kid. <laughs> but I mean, look. If, if it, let's y'all want to hey, let's let's y'all want to pick on me. Let's imagine. Let's let's sci-fi the shit out of this. Let's imagine in a hundred years somebody stumbles across this podcast and they're like, "Wow, these guys are really really brilliant." Here are the four ninety sci-fi movies I need to watch. Tell me why Fifth Element's on there. Because we haven't reached the technology yet in that film. Like we're not space traveling. There, there was an article released in September that said scientists were had successfully pulled DNA from tree resin, just like they did in Jurassic Park, and it's um and it it's a movie that is visually stunning. The, the performances are, are uh, leave a mark on you. You find yourself quoting the film, and it, it's beautiful. Rudy, I will not disagree with anything you said, and I think maybe what I take away from that is the fact that it's um, aspirational, I suppose. I mean, I forget what year The Fifth Element took place in, but if there's a year in which high-speed flying taxis and floating Chinese food boats exist... I mm-hmm. suppose I suppose that would be a bit of a utopia. So there you go. In terms of in terms of looking toward the future instead of maybe reminiscing about what we once thought the future would be, I I I I hope we can part as friends tonight because I respect your argument. Thank you. <laughs> and did you want to say the same to me or <laughs> All right, Spro, you're up last. Uh, well, I just, since I have the floor, I just want to say if Rudy went to bat for Stargate, I would have been your 10 minute backup on that. Been right there behind you. Um, for whatever silly reason you decided to cut that first. Um, so here's the thing. All right. I, I'm vindictive. I put me in this spot. I don't like it. Right. And if everybody's going to go with their personal favorites for to put up on Rushmore, then I'm going to be vindictive. And I'm going to go Terminator 2 and say nobody gets Matrix this round. Wow. Wow. Oh, my my God. Can you believe can you believe this is this is I, I don't know how familiar people are with college football, but like this is bowl season right here. Like this is, 
this is the playoffs. This is just like, I, I can't believe this is where we landed. We landed on Terminator 2, Galaxy Quest, The Fifth Element, and Jurassic Park. No sign of the Matrix. No sign of Independence Day. No sign of even Total Recall or Demolition Man, which weren't even on the ballots to begin with. I mean, this is truly a potpourri of 90 sci-fi movies, which n- none are unextraordinary. Um, I I just wasn't expecting this. Are you guys, do you guys need a minute? Do you guys need a breath? I, I know I, had, I do. I had to walk away. I had to walk away. I feel like we went from like the new release shelf to like, you know, like what's left, you know, in some ways, you know, like, it's like, oh, well, they, they don't have the Matrix, but oh, well, they, they got the fifth element. Okay. <laughs> Are you I mean, going to call out mine? You're going to call out mine? Really? <laughs> Galaxy Quest? You're going to call out mine? Hey, man. <clears throat> I'm not eating, you don't throw shade on Galaxy Quest. So let's you see. Let's can, we, can we hear the argument for Galaxy Quest? I just want to hear this. <laughs> yeah, please enlighten us. Galaxy Quest is the greatest Star Trek movie of the last 30 years. And the greatest Star Trek property in general, without being officially a Star Trek property of the last 30 years. Well, no. Not, the, not because they've had great TV shows, but the greatest Star Trek film of the last 30 years. Wait a minute. And the greatest Star Trek property of the last 15. Wait a minute. So, but it's not its not a Star Trek movie. It's... But it is it is a science fiction movie that embraces everything that made Star Trek the greatest science fiction property of all time. And uh, it's... It takes all of those elements and puts them in, in an entirely new context, and um, and it's just at the course it's an entertaining movie. It's just a great story. It's a great uh, there's great characters. But you got Sigourney Weaver, you got Alan Rickman, Tony Shalhoub, a young Rian Johnson from uh, The Office. Is that how you say his name? Or Rain Johnson? You're an idiot. It's Rain Wilson, but thanks for playing. Damn it! Wow. I can't remember it. So I remember the, the guy's name played Dwight on The Office. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, Tim Allen, you know, it's one of his best movies. And uh, it's just, it's, you know, it, it, to me, it's, the, it's, all, it's what science fiction is all about. It's about concepts and ideas and people working together against extraordinary circumstances and, and dealing with unbelievable, unexpected things and, uh, well, and working together. I'll tell you this. Whoever whoever clicked on the graphic to watch this episode undoubtedly did so to see how the fuck we got to, to this Mount Rushmore. And I'll here we this. are. I I did not expect it to end this way. I thought I'd go down swinging with Galaxy Quest. I, I didn't necessarily think I'd find myself in this place. I'm oh a little shocked God. at the outcome. Is the mountain solidified? Is it solidified, or is this just the first round of the mountain? No, the mountain, based on our system, is is it's 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 actually it's being carved as we speak. That, um. this, this, this is BS because <laughs> Jeremy had no reason to choose the Matrix from my section. You know, I I I feel like we almost need like another episode of this to sort this out because I think a hand grenade just got thrown in the middle somewhere. 
Well, Somewhere maybe after Starship Troopers got, I think I, I don't think any of us processed the loss of Starship Troopers properly, and we acted out, we acted out of that emotional place. I, you know what? You're right. What are the stages of grief? There's like denial and anger and all that. We didn't yeah. have enough, we didn't have enough time after Rudy, Rudy's acceptance. After Rudy came after Starship Troopers with a vengeance, I don't think we I don't think we got to acceptance. So did, really, did, did all of you? I agree did all with. Of you, did all I agree you, with Rudy on Starship Troopers. <laughs> did all of you get bumped on the head and forget that Spro came at Jeremy for Galaxy Quest right out of the gate? Well, that's part of it, too. That's part of why I dug my heels in on Galaxy Quest, because I was like, oh, no, you're not taking Galaxy Quest for me. Not like that. Then go after but, Spro. Oh. <laughs> but but you know, I guess I could have. <laughs> I'm having. I'm, I'm. I'm. so confused now by everything that's happened. Again, it was. It's. It's all. Traced, it's all traced back to. It's Starship Trooper. The elimination of Starship Troopers is our November fifth, nineteen fifty five. It is the. <laughs> yes. It well, is the wait. temporal displacement that screwed everything up, and and now we live in a future where evil Biff <laughs> runs the corporations, and Galaxy Quest and the Fifth Element are on Mount Rushmore. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the last episode, because we had kind of uh, an uneasy feeling that somebody dropped Annie Wilkes and put in uh, Cape Fear for bad guy? So if somebody wants the Matrix on and they feel strongly that it should be on, shouldn't they be able to drop one of their ultimate picks at the end? Look, I'm I'm sticking with my pick. I'm sticking with mine. Do I get to eliminate my pick for a pick that got eliminated by someone else? It is your choice, Rudy. This is you know this what? is this is a democracy. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm just glad that we're in an audio medium because I would be flipping you off right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make this right for everybody. Listener out there, you're welcome. I'm going to remove the fifth element of visually stunning film. Clearly not up to the quality of Galaxy Quest. I will remove that film, and I will put in The Matrix to make this right. How do we feel about that, fellas? I think that was was, a good move. I think it's a good move, and I I have to debate with myself because... Look, let's 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 go back to Wait, no. let's go back to what. Made Let him okay, all right, all right, go ahead. Because fight. I, I really fight, thought fight. I brought Galaxy Quest in in the in the hopes that that I would not be alone in choosing it, and that we would have a lively and spirited discussion about what a positive, an uplifting film it is, and and how it really carries the core values of Star Trek in, uh, and all those kinds of things but that maybe it wouldn't necessarily get all the way to the end. And then emotion took over, and we found ourselves <laughs> in a very dark place. First Spro came after Galaxy Quest, and I was reeling from that. Then, even though it wasn't on my list, it was on my short list, but it wasn't on my final list, Starship Troopers got wiped out. And that, that was hard for me, much much like when Johnny Rico lost Dizzy Flores. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt very uh, emotionally uh, undone by that. And then so it forced me to hold tighter to something that maybe maybe I shouldn't have. So you brought – so what happened was the Eddie Murphy stand-up. You essentially voted for Jesse Jackson with Galaxy <laughs> yes. And then you came out the next day and you go, he fucking won? He fucking like, won? <laughs> yes. That's – so that's, that's what cool. happened. You almost you I just wrote up a Galaxy Quest. <laughs> well, 
Well, have, you know what? what? Here, I'm going to tell you what happened. All of what Jeremy said, don't pay any attention to that. Because after looking at my paper here, everybody walks away with two points except me. Yep. Uh, so wait, are we, so Jeremy, what are you, what are you contemplating over there? Right now I'm contemplating, um, removing Galaxy Quest and, and trying to rebalance the scales of justice and put T2 back on the list. T2 is on the list. T2 is on the list. Oh, T2 is on the list? Oh, well then an Independence Day then. T2 and Independence Day were the two. Look, let me, let me remind you guys what happened with our last list. And I thought this was brilliant. We ended up with Hannibal Lecter, uh, Max Cady, Kaiser Soze, and Bill Lumberg as the greatest movie villains of all time. Now, Lumberg was a pick that came out of nowhere and caused a lot of debate. We didn't all entirely agree on it at first, but <clears throat> we were able to see its place on the mountain as maybe the non-traditional pick. I would argue that this is a similar scenario. Yeah, I think it is. And I think I would say in the interest of trying to make things right and trying to burn the sports almanac and set the, set the future back to what it should be, that I would surrender galaxy quest and, and put independence day back on the mountain. If I could, I mean, that's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to handle this. Uh, this is unprecedented. Because... Wait a second. So you want to get? Wait. You want to? Never mind. Go ahead. No, no, Rudy. Please, please tell us what you're thinking. Now I'm, I'm purely thinking from a point standpoint. I'm like, <laughs> we're gonna give Spro three points. Oh no, you you want three points, right, MC? That's why you're not sticking up. You're not putting up a fight for this. Hey, but. I mean, we haven't, I, we haven't decided what what points mean yet. I mean, this is you know this is this is the the this is the podcast where pop culture is carved in stone and the points don't matter. You know, so, <laughs> you, yeah. and you know your your whole argument is is as long I feel like as long as the Matrix is on there, I'm okay with Galaxy Quest being on there because yes, it is sci-fi. Yes, it is an outlier. Independence Day will have its day in disaster flick. Uh, Mount Rushmore. Agreed. Agreed. It, uh, uh, Galaxy Quest. When is that? Unless we do a favorite Star Trek Star Trek episode, <laughs> we put Galaxy. Quest. Unless we do a Mount, like unless we just do a Mount Rushmore of Jeremy's four favorite movies. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then, you know, then I, I don't know when Galaxy Quest Quest will get its day. I exactly. I have to say that that I, I support I, I support an underdog, and in this case, I think that. If only for the morbid curiosity that our listener will will see on the the posts and the promotion for this episode, they're gonna have to know how we got here. Spro, I support Jeremy dropping Galaxy Quest and going Independence Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as look, I love Galaxy Quest, but at the end of the day, if we were really talking about, especially no Matrix, no Independence Day. You know, there was a lot of there's a lot of scary things that we're facing here. So I think it's we have to. It's like that, you know, like when you really look at like what you've created, like Doctor Frankenstein, like oh my god, I this got out of out of hand. And so to that end, you mean like Jurassic Park and Terminator Two, exactly, and the Matrix. That's right. See, 
So I, uh, uh, so I don't understand what's happening right now. Someone tell me where we landed. So I would like to volunteer dropping, dropping galaxy quest as much as that may pain me. And, uh, putting Independence Day back on the mountain. All right. <clears throat> I mean, do we have a unanimous decision for that? Because uh, I would I say like that it. I would say that unanimous is the only way to go. Spro, you're for it. Rudy? Uh, I mean, I'm 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 going to be honest, I'm worried about you, MC, cuz this is just a fresh prince fighting aliens, but I I am for it. I to be honest, Rudy, I I think you made a great point talking about when Independence Day will have its day, disaster movies. Um, but I do think that it has a place on this mountain too, I suppose. So while I'm not entirely for it, I'm not against it, and I will be willing to uh, concede and say that we can replace Galaxy Quest with Independence Day, which leaves our new mountain at Terminator 2, Independence Day, The Matrix, and Jurassic Park. And I would just like to add (laughs) that I'm not sure if this is why. I'm just now realizing that Jeremy has taken the lead in points. Hey, look at that. Uh, tied with myself at eight, I believe. Um, Spro is seven, and and Rudy trailing with five. How did I only get one point out of that? No, Spro got three points. All of you got three points that episode. Oh, that's right, because we changed everything. Okay, so Spro, you're still in the lead with nine. Spro, you're in the lead with nine. Jeremy, you have eight. I said, I mean, what are points? I wasn't counting. Spro, you're in the lead with nine. Jeremy, myself have eight. Rudy, I, I will give you one for the the backup matrix that you put on there. I guess so. You got oh my God. you have five, but I, I do think that that our mountain, um, were anyone to see it, they they would probably snap a selfie in front of this '90s sci-fi film, Mount Rushmore. I think wow. we landed on a good one ultimately. Took a lot of, much like the actual Mount Rushmore, took mm-hmm. a lot of blood and sweat and tears to get there. So now we come I appreciate to the your sacrifice, Jeremy. Yes. I it mean, was tough. with great sacrifice comes great reward. Uh, Optimus Prime, I think, right? He said that, didn't he? I don't remember. Anyway, now comes the part in the show where <laughs> we agree to do this again. <laughs> sometime in the future with a, with a different topic. We have a wheel set up, uh, a Wheel of Fortune-style wheel with, no joke, probably about 50 or 60, I'm just ballparking here, different topics similar to the ones we've debated so far. So I'm going to spin the wheel. Whatever it lands on is going to be the next topic for our Mount Rushmore podcast. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Spinning, spinning, best fictional sports figures. Wow. Best fictional sports figures. Now, we can discuss the particulars once we go off air, 
But for right now, all the listeners need to know is that the next time you tune in, we will be carving a Mount Rushmore of the best fictional sports figures and then probably recarving it when a bunch of people cry and say, in my fears. <clears throat> Galaxy <laughs> Quest. <laughs> no, hold on a second. Why am I continually the one who's getting flack here for Galaxy The Fifth Element, I seem to recall somebody who's very passionately and angrily defending that movie as well. Just well, like yeah, and and I was I, I sacrificed it for the right choice. And well, and I I made the same sacrifice, so I think neither one of us is better than the other. The 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 sexual tension here is just <laughs> this is it's it's on like an it's like it's on like a TGIF sitcom level of, of just like I mean this is like Urkel and Laura Winslow. <laughs> That's what this is. So all right. Fictional sports figures. We want to thank you all for tuning in and for um, surviving this and uh, and sticking it out while we debated and discussed and carved the Mount Rushmore of 90s sci-fi movies. We will be back with our next episode, Fictional Sports Figures. Until then...